I'm Ryan Burrow with Quest for Gold, and we begin this week in Las Vegas, where the U.S. men's basketball team began preparations for the FIBA World Cup in China later this month. This is the first major competition for Team USA men's basketball since taking gold in Rio. No LeBron, no James Harden, no Steph Curry for this summer's roster, but assistant coach Steve Kerr says he does not blame players who decided against playing for the team. You know, this uh, this tournament that we're playing in in China goes till September 14th, I guess, mid-September. Training camps start two weeks after that. So I don't blame anybody for not wanting to come. Um, I... I'm excited about the guys who are here. Leading the charge this year, legendary NBA coach Greg Popovich, Kyle Kuzma of the Lakers. Uh, it's been great. You know, he's one of the best coaches, uh, great leader for USA basketball for now and the future. And, um, you know, it's a lot to learn from him. USA Basketball has to whittle this camp down to a 12-man roster while also developing some kind of chemistry in the span of just a few weeks. Trey Young spoke with the media during practice. Really just the chemistry is the only thing that's different and hard to adjust to, but besides that, I think everybody, um, I mean, it's it's easy to get get along, it's easy to to mess with each other really quick. In 2014, Team USA went 9-0 with the FIBA World Cup, winning by an average of 33 points. That team, which was led by Coach K, included Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, and James Harden. We continue our conversation about USA gymnastics in the wake of the Dr. Larry Nassar scandal. This week, former Michigan State University Dean William Strample was sentenced to a maximum one year in prison after being found guilty of criminal misconduct in office and two counts of willful neglect of duty. Also this week, U.S. Olympic champion Simone Biles had some harsh words for USA Gymnastics. In an interview, Biles said she cannot trust the organization in the wake of the Dr. Larry Nasser sex abuse scandal. You had one job. You literally had one job and you couldn't protect us. And it's just really sad. Biles revealing last year that she was one of Dr. Nasser's victims. It's hard coming here for an organization and having had them fail us so many times. And we'd, we had won gold. We've done everything that they asked us for. It's just hard, and we try to work through it, but it'll take some time. I'm strong. I'll get through it, but it's hard. As for the 2020 games in Tokyo, she's hoping to compete as a 23-year-old. And while we march closer to the games in Tokyo, we also look into a report that bribery may have played a role in the decision to give Brazil the 2016 Olympics over Chicago, Milan, and Tokyo. In a court corruption case centered around sporting events in Brazil, it was revealed there was a financial exchange given to help secure the bid. The report outlined by Reuters. Andrew Downey is a sports correspondent with Reuters in Rio. Why, why was a former governor of Rio testifying in court in the first place? What what was he doing there? Um, this is all part of a, a, a massive corruption scandal called the car wash scandal. It's an investigation that started five or six years ago, I think, into political corruption, business corruption, where basically it's about politicians getting paid kickbacks from big companies in order to award them contracts. And because Brazil built, you know, because Brazil did the World Cup, organized the World Cup, the Soccer's World Cup in 2014, and then the Olympics in 2016, there was an awful lot of money sloshing around because Brazil had to update a lot of their sporting facilities and also a lot of infrastructure, transportation infrastructure, especially in order to prepare for these 
two big events. So the discussions weren't necessarily just about the Olympics. There was a much bigger umbrella with the World Cup and, and maybe other political dealings as well. Yeah, there was a, uh, an awful lot going on. This has been going on for a, for a long time. Uh, one of the things that we've seen in, the, in this case is that or one of the big complaints that a lot of people have is that they say this doesn't go back far enough. Uh, people people they seem to be very sure and I have no no quibbles with them. They think this corruption has been going on for a long, long time. It's just that we had a, a crusading judge who came in and he opened this investigation and that was kind of the floodgates open for this period over the last few years. Um, it's not you, it's just that we had this judge who came in and he was someone who took aim at this and once he did that all the all this information came bubbling up and all these investigations brought all this stuff to, to light and that's really been a, a, a huge a, a huge event one of the one of the biggest events in Brazilian in recent Brazilian history actually. So what is it specifically that Sergio Cabral, I believe that's his name, right? Sergio Cabral, what is what is it that he said uh in testimony about uh, the Olympics in 2016 that that kind of made a lot of news. Well, what he said was that he had uh, he had paid two million two million dollars to to buy a boat that would ensure that Rio de Janeiro would be chosen as the host of the 2016 Olympic Games. And you guys have probably remember Chicago was one of the finalists. Yeah, uh, Chicago was up there. I remember Obama gave a gave a, a, a big speech and. Chicago was knocked out quite early, and Rio really was it was a huge surprise for a lot of people, especially in the U.S., um, when Rio won, because no South American city had ever hosted the Olympics. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people in the U.S. were like, wow, how does this happen? Where does this come from? It was a big shock. A lot of people in Rio, it wasn't really a shock to lots of people in Rio, because they thought that it was time for South America. You know, the, the U.S. has hosted many, 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 many big, big events, Olympics, Winter Olympics, you know, Soccer's World Cup, etc. And, and, and Brazil really hadn't had that kind of experience before. And a lot of people in, in Brazil and, and the global south in general thought it was time for, for a, a country like Brazil to, to host the Olympics. And it was also a very you know, positive and optimistic time for Brazil because the economy was doing really well. Yeah, the president Luis Ignacio Lula da Silva, who was you know, very well, he was very popular. He was very well uh, viewed outside Brazil, and he had really taken Brazil on to bigger and better things, and was looking to establish Brazil as a global power. And so, the, all these factors kind of played into to, to the choice of Brazil as the or Rio as the host of the Olympics in 2016. So who were these people that were paid off, though? Because this wasn't the International Olympic Committee, right? Who, who were these bribes going to? Uh, well, then the testimony that came from Sergio Cabral, he said that he paid the money to Lamini Jack, who was the former president of the International Association of, of Athletics Federation, which is the body that runs track and field. And he said they used this money to buy between six and nine votes. Uh, they had taken the money, um, the head of the Brazilian Olympic Committee, the head of the, 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 the organizer of the, of the Rio 2016 bid. He had introduced people from the, from the bid to Jack, uh, and, and, and Jack had happened to make payments ahead of the vote, and that was what, that's, that was what Cabral said they did. They gave the money to Jack, 
Uh, and that was what helped him get the votes that enabled Brazil to be chosen as the as the Olympic city back in 2009. Why did he flip? Uh, was there some kind of plea agreement? Did he enter into some kind of deal to, to testify and say this in court, or did he just do this on his own? No, that, that, there was a plea deal. That, that's one of the big reasons that we've had this scandal, is that there was a, 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 a change in the Brazilian law that made it easier to make plea bargains. And that was one of the... That was one of the, the tools that this crusading judge used in order to get a lot of these guys to flip. Uh, and that was what Cabral did. Cabral had been Cabral had been jailed at the time when he when he made these uh, made these allegations. He he was already facing uh, he was already in jail, and he had already been sentenced to almost two hundred years in jail for his part in all these in all these corrupt in all these uh, scandals. So this was a, a way of trying to get. Of convinced judges and authorities to treat him a little bit more leniently, and, and hopefully he'll get out. You're in Brazil. What has it been like in Brazil post Olympics? Um, is it everything that the country thought it was going to be? Um, and and you know what is happening with some of these buildings now? Uh, a couple years later. Well, I mean that's uh, it's, it's a big debate, and it's, it's one of the big questions is you know how do you how do you see how do you, how do you gauge success? I mean. Because a lot of people say, say, for example, the Olympics and the, the Soccer World Cup in 2014 both were held in Brazil, and they both went relatively smoothly. You know, you know, millions of people came from all over the world. They came for the World Cup. They came for the Olympics. They had a great time because Brazilians, you know, they're very, they're, it's a very welcoming country. People will come here, and the Brazilians will will, will meet them and they'll take them out and they'll, you know, they'll go to Copacabana and they'll drink caipirinhas and they're sunny and they'll go to beaches and have a great time. And Brazilians are a very welcoming people. And so is, is success, you know, passing that kind of image of Brazil to those millions of people that visit and to millions of people on television? Or is success, is it using that money in the years before the Olympics and the years after the Olympics to... To, to build infrastructure that goes beyond just a few soccer stadiums or a new venue for cycling or fencing, it, is, it, is it a success? If, do you have to build new roads, new airports that will benefit a, a much larger population than just those who will go to the, the sporting events? And that's been one of the big criticisms of, of the Rio uh, Olympics and, and, the, and the World Cup in general is that, is that a lot of public money was used to build these values and to build this infrastructure, and yet not, it didn't always benefit all the people. So lots of people who live in Brazil you know, would not be able to afford to go to Olympic events. Did the, the, the new metro, did it go all the way to where they live? Does it help them get into the city centre easier? You know, all, all these kind of questions are, are, are still up in the air, and, and, and you know, a lot of people are, 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 are quite unhappy, still are quite unhappy. That they did not think the Olympics did enough for the ordinary. Andrew Downey, thank you very much. I'm Ryan Burroughs. Stay tuned next week for another episode of Quest for Gold, and you can find that on WGNRadio.com.